What's beneath the surface of true crime? Uncover brings you there with premium investigations that demand justice. Each season delves into a distinct case, from the inner workings of a cult to the disturbing legacy of residential schools. Promising new content year-round, Uncover will take you on a journey through explosive revelations with hosts dedicated to revealing the truth. Uncover, the best in true crime. Find it on the CBC Listen app or wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. With the cost of just about everything going up, many Canadians are worried about their retirement years, and a growing number of seniors are living with the reality that they cannot actually afford to stop working. Janice Long and Stephen Booth both plan to retire at the age of 65. That's the typical age that people retire at. Now, at the age of 67, they both have jobs, not because they want to, but out of necessity. Their pension money and savings are not enough to live on. Janice Long is in Langley, British Columbia. Stephen Booth is in Barrie, Ontario. Good morning to you both. Good morning, Matt. Good morning. Stephen, when you thought about retirement, from a distance, what did you think your retirement was going to look like? Well, initially, I thought it would be sort of a regular type retirement. But things took a turn for the worse. When I was about 50, 55 years old, I got very sick, ended up in a wheelchair, lost my driver's license. And then eventually I had to quit my regular job. We had to sell our house. And now I'm 67. I'm working part-time only at Walmart Mm. because with my health issues, that's the best I can do. And uh, so money is very short uh, between CPP, old age pension, and and my part-time work at Walmart. I'm going to come back to that in a moment. Janice, what about for you? When, when you thought about retirement, what did you think it was going to look like? Well, <laughs> I, I have been alone. I've been uh, on my own for, oh, my goodness, 25 years. Mm. But I've o- always worked and whatnot. And... My mother, um, I took her in for her last almost eight years of her life. I had to stop working because she had dementia and I cared for her. I didn't want her in a care home. When I turned 65 and, and got the old age security and the CPP and all that, I was quite shocked at the the little that right. I get. But you, you thought and by the time you turned 65 that that, that would be the end of, of, of the working time, that you would have then more free yeah. time or the freedom to choose what you wanted to do. Exactly. I didn't see myself, you know, traveling around the world or anything like that. Just, you know, getting by just like I always have. With the cost of living, <laughs> the way it is right now, it's just nuts. And in BC, apparently, we're the most expensive province in all of the provinces mm. to actually live in. You mentioned, you mentioned Stephen, some of the things that you were going through when it came to your health and what have you. When in that process did you realize that you weren't going to be able to, to stop working at the age of 65, that, 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 that you would have to continue to work to try and make ends meet? Probably when I was around 58, 60 I, I was diagnosed with SMDAX. It's an umbrella of different issues, like I'm legally blind with retinal dystrophy. I'm deaf, cataplexy, Parkinson's, to have to work and 
again, I can only do 20 hours a week. Again, it was around when I was 58 or 60 when I had to start working there and give up a good paying job. What does it mean to you at the age of 67 to still have to work? I mean, this is not something that you want to do, but you have to no. do it. What does it mean to you? No. It, it actually breaks my heart to, to know that. And even with that, it's still not enough. Mm. But I'm a deacon in the Catholic Church. Because of that, I have some close friends at the parish. And it always seems whenever I can't get groceries that week or pay the rent that month, Something either comes in the mail or somebody drops off a gift card. And if it wasn't for that, yeah. uh, the government money and including the little money from Walmart, I would not make it. It's that I tight. It's that it. tight for you. It is yeah. extremely, extremely tight. Janice, what about for you? I mean, you mentioned what you were going through with with family situation and what have you. When you realized that you were going to have to continue working past that age of 65, when that's a, that's a benchmark for a lot of people, that they think that that will be the age when they can finally retire. What did that mean to you? The irony of my job that I'm doing is I'm working with seniors in a day program, for crying out loud. <laughs> I work with, you know, over 40 clients a day. It's quite exhausting. I do have arthritis in my hands and um I'm noticing lots of physical things that are happening. And the thing that worries me is how long can I do this? I'm just so blessed. My rent is so ridiculously affordable, but everything else after that is not. If I have to just be on my pension, yeah, I mean, I'm, I would have to turn to a family. Let me ask you about the pension. I mean, you, you'd raised this, raised this earlier, the CPP, the Canada Pension Plan. How much does that cover, if you don't mind me asking, of your expenses? Just the CPP? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Uh, well, I don't get much CPP. Uh, it doesn't cover hardly anything. Maybe a week's, a week's and a half, maybe 10 days worth of groceries. That's it. Are there things, I mean, given that and, and the fact that the job that you're doing, as you said, is tough, physically demanding, there's a lot of stress mm -hmm. and strain on your body. Are there things that you've had to give up to make ends meet? I've always been a bowler since I was a little kid. Like bowling, like and, the uh, sport of bowling. Like the Yes, yeah. I bowled uh, provincially and nationally. I'm BC's gold champ from the year 2000. Yeah. And, you know, bowling now, it's, you know, like $33 a week. Plus, you know, you got to get yourself there with the gas and everything. After my mom passed away, my, you know, my son knew how what bowling meant to me. And he paid for a, my year of, you know, my, my season of, uh, of bowling this year. So I've returned to that to put some joy back into my life. That's important. Uh, I'm choking up. Uh, yeah. And I'm choking about that because, you know, I mean, I'm his mom, right? Accepting from your from your from your own children, you know, it's one thing to have nice gifts at Mother's Day and Christmas and stuff like that, but you know, to have them I think that they feel sorry. So yeah. That's <laughs> tough. Yeah, it's hard on your on your heart. Yeah. yeah. Stephen, what about for you? I mean, what, does the pension plan go particularly far for you in terms of covering the expenses that you have? Actually, we are very blessed as far as our rent. Uh, we've been, since we sold the house, we've been renting this top part of a house and the landlord is very happy with us, 
but we are really pleased with him as well. He only raised our rent once in eight years, so we are very, very blessed with that. As, as far as being able to enjoy anything, we really don't have any extra money to do anything. So our, our time is with the church, it's with our grandchildren, and uh, that's sort of the enjoyment that we get out of doing things, and it doesn't cost us any money. So we, we found different ways of being able to you know, do things that, that we find pleasurable. As you mentioned, your job as well is difficult on the body. and It's, and it's, it's, it's hard. If you had to stop working, um, what is the expense that, that you worry the most about? Well, it, it would be rent yeah. just because we want a place to live. But like I've said, our groceries are a challenge. Everything's a challenge. But the most important thing is to have a roof over our head. And uh, again, as good as our rent is it's still like i mean i don't even make enough on cpp to cover the rent as good as it is so we'd really really be struggling could you i'll I'll let you both go but i'll ask you both of this as well i mean could you have imagined Stephen, that this would be what your retirement years would look like never never in a million years it's 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 very disappointing and as much as i i talked about uh, you know, my health and different things that led to it. I also often wonder, could I have done more myself personally to plan better? So if if I can, you know, give any kind of advice would be to try and find somebody that can help you plan if you can't do it yourself. And um, so there's, you know, uh, I do think I have to take some responsibility as well. Mm-hmm. But I think the government needs to do more and make it easier for us to find out what is available. Everything is online now, and you have to try and and figure out what is available for who and how much. And and it, I don't find it easy. Not not for me anyway. I'm not very techy. And uh, so I find it quite difficult. Janice, what about for you, just before I let you go? I mean, could you have imagined, these are supposed to be your retirement years where the work is done and and you can do what you want to do. Could you ever have imagined that this is what those years would look like for you? No, no, no. But I, you know, I'm, like I say, I'm, I'm, I'm blessed in some ways, but I have many of my peers that are uh, similar to my situation that, you know, and, and their rents are just off the wall and, um, I mean, I was I was carjacked um, a year ago, oh January. Yeah, uh, you know, I was delivering the Vancouver Sun and Province for for extra money, you know, in the middle of the night, and I was carjacked, and my purse and everything went. But I was making car payments at that time. It's actually a blessing that that happened. It sounds weird, but I I ended up having I had replacement value. I got more for the car because of what was going on with cars at that time, and I pay, I just paid off all all the you know, the money owing on the car, and fortunately had another friend who had to stop driving and bought her car for ten thousand dollars with only thirty thousand kilometers on it, mm. and I don't have car payments. If I had car payments, oh my god. I wouldn't be eating. <laughs> it's a familiar you story know? for a lot of Canadians. I'm really glad. We're going to talk more about the CPP in just a moment and, and what might change when it comes to the pension plan, that safety net that's supposed to be under all of us. But in the meantime, I'm really glad yeah. to talk to you, and I wish you both the very best of luck. 
Thank you, Matt. Thank you, Charlie. Janice Long and Stephen Booth are both 67 years old and still working. Hello, I'm Jess Milton. For 15 years, I produced The Vinyl Cafe with the late, great Stuart McLean. Every week, more than 2 million people tuned in to hear funny, fictional, feel-good stories about Dave and his family. We're excited to welcome you back to the warm and welcoming world of The Vinyl Cafe with our new podcast, Backstage at The Vinyl Cafe. Each week, we'll share two hilarious stories by Stuart, and for the first time ever, I'll tell you what it was like behind the scenes. Subscribe for free wherever you get your podcasts. Bonnie Jean McDonald is an actuary and director of financial security research at the National Institute on Aging at Toronto Metropolitan University. She's in Halifax. Bonnie Jean, good morning to you. Good morning, Matt. Do those stories sound familiar? Uh, they do sound very familiar. We uh, we actually just had a survey that came out at the NIA that said that uh, one in four older Canadians over the age of 50 just feel like their income is not enough. So this is a all too common story for sure. Let's talk a bit more about that. I was saying earlier that, I mean, there used to be that ad for Freedom 55 where you could cash out early. Uh, people generally think that perhaps by the age of 65, their working life will be over and done with. But how prepared are we generally to retire? Yeah, so the, the survey results also looked into that. What was interesting, uh, you know, one force said they didn't feel like their income was enough. Now, actually, a, a whopping two-thirds of Canadians say that they don't feel prepared for retirement. And when I, you know, based on my research and analysis, what I would say is that's made up of people who really do have, you know, income insecurity, and, and they really find even today they're having trouble. But there's also people who have saved for retirement, but they're looking out into retirement, and they just, they know there's all these financial unknowns. And they have a lot of fears. And I, I would say, based on my research, again, those fears are very legitimate. What's going on, do you think? I mean, what, what has changed? So what's changed is that Canadians today are going to be facing a very different retirement than their parents did. And actually, than they've, we've ever had in our history. Uh, so basically, we've had this trend away from workplace pension plans. 80% of workers in the private sector, they're not in a pension plan. And then we also have low interest rate environments. We have high inflation. And what that's going to do is going to actually put down the amount of money people have in retirement. But the interesting thing is that while income goes down, the costs of retirement are actually going to be going up going forward. And that's because people are living longer than ever before. But most of all, family size has actually decreased to a historical low. And what we don't talk a lot about, especially in the financial world, is that it's actually the children of seniors who have historically taken care of them. When we looked at the data three out of every four hours of care that's done in a senior's home is actually done by their adult children. Now, baby boomers were actually the first generation in history to have relatively few children. So without that support, retiring Canadians are basically needing to finance a longer retirement time horizon with less money and higher expenses. So you put this together with the fact that we now also have uh, uh, 25% of our population moving into retirement we're starting to see the pressures on the health system. Mm. If you put this all together, we're really going to uh, have um, quite a few challenges ahead of us. That's a mess. Um, Janice and Stephen talked about um, pensions and, and the CPP in particular, the Canada Pension Plan. There's also old age security. And both of them said that combined, um, they didn't think that that was going to be nearly enough to live on. Are they intended? Are those, I mean, they're two strands of a social safety net. Are they intended to be enough? Yeah, so the CPP, it depends on your work history. So that was always intended to replace about now up to 25% of your salary. 
And then the old age security and the guaranteed income supplement, which is, is intended for people who are low income. This is supposed to give kind of a universal benefit. And on average, Canadians will be getting about $20,000 of pension income for life that's indexed by inflation from those two sources. Now it does depend on how long you've lived in Canada. It depends on how long you've worked, but it, it looks like around $20,000. And that's actually a great thing because that will give people that long-term uh, pension for life income that they really need, especially as they become, uh, they get into their later years. Now, outside of that, people, you know, uh, would either save through their employer pension plan or through their own private savings. Mm. But of course, as I already said, most people are not in a, in a pension plan and, and a lot of people just don't have capacity to save. That, that amount that you receive also changes depending on when you start collecting your CPP, right? Yeah, exactly. So one interesting thing is is we often hear that people, even with savings, they they want more retirement security. So one solution that I've been researching for the last number of years is the fact that people could actually increase their pension and get that more retirement security by delaying their Canada pension plan or their Quebec pension plan. And for, based on the research that I've done, it's, it's the most underused, misunderstood strategy out there. You could actually more than double this um, inflation index pension uh, by waiting from the age of 60 to the age of 70. You don't have to take it at 60, but the majority of people do. And by doing so, they're basically choosing uh, about half the pension they could receive by waiting to age 70. Now, of course, a lot of people can't afford to wait, yeah. but the idea is that if you have some savings, you can afford to wait. By doing so, you're going to really improve your long-term financial security. And just to get put some numbers around this, uh, based on kind of the average Canadian getting the average CPP, by waiting to age 70, they'll actually get $100,000 more over their lifetime uh, than they had they taken it at age 60. But unfortunately, 95% um, are actually taking it by the age of 65, and only 1% of people wait till age 70. So it's a great solution. There's an argument to be made, uh, and people have made this, that, that the CPP should be expanded. And, and not that it would match the pensions in the public sector, but that it would... Given all of the factors that you mentioned, perhaps increase the amount that people were receiving so that more of their um, income could be replaced and people would be a bit closer to making ends meet. What do you make of that idea of expanding the CPP? So we've been talking, the CPP is really a success story. I mean, the behind the CPP, people need to understand this is paid not from government general revenue. It's all invested money. It's there to pay for your benefits when the time comes. Uh, the pension fund behind the CPP, it's actually the top performing fund in the world. So it's it's been a massive success for Canada. And so for all these reasons, we uh, people have been talking for decades, uh, literally since 1979, which is the year I was born, people have been having these conversations about expanding the CPP. Fortunately, a few years ago, they did expand it. And uh, so, you know, going forward, people will be paying higher payroll taxes into the CPP, both on the employer and the employee side. Now, the challenge in that is that that's great news for people my age because the pension won't actually be substantially bigger. It won't be fully developed for another a few decades. Mm. So that's great for people who are a little younger, but for the baby boomers, which is really the focus of the research that I do, and I think the focus of public policy is, is to say we have, again, this 25% of our population about to move into retirement. Expanding the CPP right now will not help those people because they've already gone through the system. How can we help those people so that they have a dignified retirement and have that security that they're going to so badly need? There are people, and I mean, you've mentioned this, um, 
given the cost of living crisis, people are just making ends meet. And it's not as though there are a lot of people who have extra money to be able to put away into retirement. But Stephen talked about that idea of personal responsibility as well. To think more about, retirement can seem like a long way off for a lot of us, but that his point was he wondered whether he should have been thinking about it differently years ago. What do you make of that argument? I would say years ago, and I'd say even today, I think uh, baby boomers today, they they have to realize that they're in a, a very good position. They have the health and sometimes, oftentimes they have the wealth to make better decisions now to protect their future more vulnerable selves. Um, unfortunately, though, psychologically, we have a hard time imagining ourselves 10, 20, 30 years in the future. So people do have a, a real struggle in terms of making those decisions now that's going to protect that future person. So whether or not somebody's 65 or 35, uh, you know, it's never too late to start making better decisions about your retirement financial planning, whether it's choosing to delay your, your pension so you can have that more secure baseline pension as you get older. Uh, and as for people who are younger, uh, this is always the question is, how do you get people more engaged in retirement financial planning? I would say to them, you know, if you have an employer who offers a pension plan, definitely sign up for that. Uh, you know, manage your debt, just try to try to get your debt under control so hmm. that you can actually start saving as you get older. But to the younger people, I'd also tell them that if you are in a pension plan, uh, something that will maybe engage people is to know that there's a lot of money in pension plans. We're talking trillions of dollars in Canada, and that money really does make a difference in the way it's invested. So a lot of young people today um, they want to be involved in, in more uh, socially conscious movements. And fortunately, in the pension world, again, half the money invested in Canada is actually invested pension money. And there is a major movement towards ESG, whether it's environmental, whether it's, you know, non-investing in companies that produce weapons and arms. Mm. And younger people, it, once you become engaged in your retirement financial planning, you actually do have a voice in making impact by knowing that that money, you can actually control that money. Let me just ask you, we just have a minute or so left. Um, do we need to rethink retirement more broadly? We're living longer. Um, there was that idea that, that the former Prime Minister Stephen Harper put forth uh, to delay the age to collect OAS, old age security, from 65 to 67. Uh, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau reversed that. But do we need to think differently about retirement, given everything that you've mentioned and the fact that, that, that we, our retirement lives are going to be long as well? Yeah, absolutely. I think we need to be more aware of the fact that, number one, long-term care is actually not covered under the Canada Health Act. So once people realize that the care they need as they get older may not be covered uh, in the way that they thought, that's so it's a lot about awareness. How can we help people become more aware of what's actually being covered by the government and what is actual personal responsibility in our own system? So individually, I think more awareness is really critical for individuals looking at their retirement to have the conversations Think of the resources and most of all, just ask themselves, what if this happens? What if that happens? Because some of these hard conversations can make your life quite a bit easier down the road. Uh, at the policy level, we need to start planning much better on how we're going to meet the challenges of an aging population. Mm. How can we have smart, financially sustainable solutions that are actually going to you know, support our seniors as well as support the general population? Really glad to talk to you about this. It's important and top of mind for so many people. Bonnie Jean, thank you. My pleasure, Matt. Thanks for having me. Bonnie Jean McDonald, Director of Financial Security Research at the National Institute on Aging at Toronto Metropolitan University. Would love to hear from you on this. Have you delayed your retirement, deferred your retirement? Um, what has that meant for you? Were you surprised when you got to the retirement age about something that perhaps you did not think of before you reached that age? Let us know. Email us at thecurrent at cbc.ca. 
For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.